Hey, employers, ready to cover more and save more? When you bundled United Healthcare Medical with our life, disability, dental, and or vision, your medical plan costs may drop. Plus, you'll be offering more of the benefits employees want. For more details, visit uhc.com slash bundled. Minimum participation requirements may apply for bundling programs. Benefits and programs may not be available in all states or for all group sizes. Components subject to change. Insurance coverage provided by or through United Healthcare Insurance Company or its affiliates. Administrative services provided by United Healthcare Services, Inc. Health plan coverage provided by or through Optimum Choice, Inc. or United Healthcare of the Mid-Atlantic, Inc. Hey there all you sports fans, welcome to today's episode of the Promenade Sports Report where we talk about all the latest and greatest news from around the sports world. I'm your host, Vince Cohen, and today is February 22nd. We'll start with some more tangible news today from the NFL. The salary cap floor was increased from $175 million to $180 million. Should have minimal effect, but potentially you could see some lower teams buying more players, and spending more money. The cap floor increasing will cause contracts to slightly go up for those minimum value players. Ultimately, it's good for the sport, and it's something that Major League Baseball should look at doing sometime in the near future. From a transaction standpoint, there was only one key move last week. On Thursday, the Indianapolis Colts acquired quarterback Carson Wentz from Philadelphia in exchange for the 85th overall pick in this year's draft and a conditional 2022 second round pick. Wentz is a former second overall pick and is still just 28 years old. He helped lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl victory in 2018 but was injured during the regular season that year and has not been the same since. He holds a career record of 35-32-1 with a 62.7% completion percentage. The condition on the second round pick is that it turns into a first round pick if Wentz plays 75% of the Colts snaps this season, or if he plays in 70% of the Colts snaps and they make the playoffs. Given that Wentz should be the starting quarterback for Indianapolis, it seems like this is pretty much a lock as a condition for that second rounder to turn into a first. Now for our promenade verdict, we rule that this trade's winner is unclear. If Wentz can return to his 2018 form, the Colts will probably win the trade, but the trade mostly depends on the Philadelphia Eagles scouting department to see what they can do with that potential first round pick next year and third round pick this year. Now on to basketball. On Monday last week, the Pistons sat Blake Griffin as they began the process of moving on from him. They'll explore their options via trade or releasing. Also on Monday night, the Warriors routed the Cavs, who sat Andre Drummond as they expect to trade him soon and did not want to risk injury. After the game, the Warriors' Draymond Green aired his issues with that as he called it a double standard that teams can sit players without criticism amidst a trade, but players who request a trade are given nothing but criticism. He used James Harden as an example, as recently Harden requested a trade out of Houston and was given all the heat on social media. The All-Star Game format and starters were announced. It includes a dunk contest at halftime. LeBron and Kevin Durant were named the captains with Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie Irving named the other starters. The full list of players who were named can be found on the NBA's website. As for game action over the past week, there were some 
pretty big upsets, and we'll tell you about all of them with our brand new feature, the Promenade Weekly Record Tracker. Over the past week in the NBA, two teams did not play. It was Dallas and San Antonio due to the weather storms in Texas. Five teams went undefeated. Charlotte was 1-0, Orlando was 3-0, Toronto was 4-0, Brooklyn was 4-0, and Washington was 3-0. The Bulls went 3-1. Portland, Utah, Phoenix, and the New York Knicks were all 2-1. Ten teams were 500 over the past week, including Boston, the Clippers, Philadelphia, Golden State, Memphis, Indiana, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Milwaukee. The Lakers were 1-2. Denver and Oklahoma City were 1-3, and, and the five teams that failed to win a game last week were Detroit, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Sacramento, and Houston. And now on to the National Hockey League, where we also have a weekly record tracker. The Dallas Stars did not play last week due to the Texas Storms. Two teams went undefeated, the Colorado Avalanche and Los Angeles Kings. Toronto and Carolina both went 3-0-1, San Jose 2-0-1, Florida, Edmonton, and Washington and Winnipeg all 3-1, Chicago, New York, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota all 2-1, the Devils 2-2, Arizona 1-1-1, Vancouver 1-1-2, the Islanders 2-2, Nashville 1-1, Ottawa 2-2, and Boston 1-1, those are the 500 teams from the past week. Detroit got a win. They went 1-2-1. Columbus and St. Louis were each 1-2. Philadelphia was 0-1-1. Calgary was 1-3. So was Buffalo. Montreal, 0-1-1. Vegas, Anaheim, and Tampa Bay all failed to win a game. Vegas and Tampa Bay in two tries and Anaheim in three. And also new to the Promenade Sports Report this week, we have the Promenade Power Index. The beta test comes this week through hockey. It is statistically calculated to value recent games for each team, and it factors in things like strength of schedule and how good opponents that each team was facing was and whether or not they actually won. We have a 1 through 31 ranking based on the values that is as followed. Starting with the top spot, it's Carolina. Second is Colorado. Third is Boston. Fourth, Toronto. 5th Florida, 6th Pittsburgh, 7th Edmonton, 8th Chicago, 9th Philadelphia, 10th Los Angeles, 11th New York Rangers, 12th Columbus, 13th Vegas, 14th New York Islanders this time, 15th Arizona, 16th Washington, 17th Tampa Bay, 18th St. Louis, 19th San Jose, 20th Winnipeg, 21st New Jersey, 22nd Minnesota, 23rd Dallas, 24th Montreal, 25th Buffalo, 26th Anaheim, 27th Calgary, 28th Detroit, 29th Ottawa, 30th Nashville, and in big fat last place, the Vancouver Canucks. Basically how these power rankings work is they show how good a team is right now based on who they've been playing recently, whether or not they've been winning recently, and if slightly less important, who they played and how they played earlier in the season. If you're interested, you can hop over to the Promenade website, which will be debuting very soon. There will be a, an article 
further describing how we calculate these numbers and some more analysis on what they truly mean coming out shortly. As for the rest of the NHL news from a transaction standpoint, there was one trade on Monday Toronto received Alex Galchenyuk from Carolina in exchange for Igor Korshkov and David Warsawski. Galchenyuk was traded to Carolina from Ottawa just two days prior and did not play a game for the Hurricanes. He's a good potential buy low for Toronto, probably will be a bottom six, but his ceiling could potentially be much higher depending on whether or not he regains his form in Toronto. Korshkov is a second round pick from 2016. He has one career game and he did score in that game. Another good change of scenery guy, he could potentially be a third or fourth liner career long for Carolina. Warsofsky is 30 and has 11 points in 55 career games. He's a defenseman. He has not played in the NHL since the 2017-18 season and likely was just a cap dump on Toronto's part. Our promenade verdict for this trade is, once again, undetermined. Carolina acquires a younger player with seemingly a similar ceiling to the one that got away, but takes on risk in that that player has not developed fully yet. Toronto gets a depth forward, and the outlook really does depend on whether or not Galchenyuk can finally find his form in the six. The Lake Tahoe series on Saturday was delayed until nighttime after the first period of the Colorado versus Vegas game because of sunlight. The rest of the two game series went as planned and was absolutely beautiful, well done by the NHL. And breaking news from today, Artemi Panarin has decided to step away indefinitely due to some false political stories out of Russia. The Rangers put out a statement supporting the forward's decision and stating that it is an intimidation tactic against Artemi and they hope to help him get through it and have him return to the ice soon. Clearly this is a massive hit for the Rangers as Panarin is a perennial heart contender and the Rangers without him don't really have too much else. And lastly we'll go over to baseball where pitchers and catchers finally reported and Position players reported as well over the past couple of days. Spring training is underway. No games have been played yet, but they are scheduled to start this weekend. The Toronto Blue Jays will open their season playing home games at their spring training facility in Dunedin, Florida. And finally, the MLB announced that they are working with government officials to allow fans into every stadium on opening day. Zach Britton condemned fellow Yankee Domingo Herman's actions, saying, Sometimes you don't get to control who your teammates are. Potentially there's some drama coming out of the Yankees' camp. And speaking of drama, Mariners president Kevin Mather in a video interview insulted many of the team's top prospects and players. Mather released a statement apologizing and resigned from his position as Mariners CEO today. Hopefully this allows Seattle to take a step in the right direction and potentially finally end their 21-year playoff drought. As for transactions, there were a lot over the past week in the MLB. On Tuesday, the Dodgers received Jan Zambrano from Texas for Josh Spores. 
Spores was DFA'd to make room for Trevor Bauer. Zambrano is a 19-year-old prospect who was picked up by the Rangers out of Venezuela. And the winner for the Promenade verdict is the Dodgers, as once again, Andrew Friedman does his thing, gets back a decent prospect for a player that the Dodgers had DFA'd and were ready to lose for nothing. On Wednesday, there were a few moves by Tampa Bay. The first one, they received first baseman Evan Edwards from Miami for right-handed pitcher John Curtis. Edwards is 23 and was a fourth-round pick. Curtis is 27 and is a relief pitcher. The winner is both teams. Miami gets a seemingly reliable bullpen arm, though there is a slight risk involved with Curtis. And Tampa gets back a decent prospect. Tampa Bay, their second move of the day, received left-handed pitcher Jeffrey Springs, right-hand pitcher Chris Mazzara, and Cash from Boston in exchange for catching prospect Ronaldo Hernandez and shortstop Nick Sogard. Springs and Mazza both project to be depth relief pitchers. Hernandez and Sogard are both prospects who have only played at A- or A-plus level. Both of them are 23 and were drafted recently out of college. The winner of this trade is the Red Sox, as it seems the Sox pulled off a bit of a fleecing here as they get a couple of decent prospects in exchange for two guys that probably weren't really going to add any value to their team anyways. It is potentially a decent move for the Rays as they replace John Curtis and they get some cash, but we'll see if Tampa Bay can continue to work their magic and just turn a player's career around, take a couple guys who had north of five ERAs at the MLB level, and turn them into some sort of really good players. But if they don't work their magic, the Sox clearly win this trade. That's all for the trades. There were a few signings, though. First off, San Diego signed shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. to a $340 million 14-year mega deal the third largest deal in MLB history, just behind Trout and Betts' most recent deals. It contains a full no-trade clause with an AAV of $24 million and 250000 Clearly, this is a great signing for San Diego, as not only do they lock up Tatis, but they do so at a really good price likely to allow them to build a really good team around him for years and years to come. On Thursday, Oakland's made a pair of signings. They got Trevor Rosenthal on a one-year, $11 million contract, and they signed free agent first baseman Mitch Moreland to another one-year contract, a couple decent signings. Expect Moreland to split time at DH with Mark Canna and be a bit of a role player. Expect Rosenthal to appear a lot in games for the A's as he could potentially be the replacement for Liam Hendricks. And last but not least, on Friday the New York Mets finally got one of their pitchers as they signed free agent right-handed pitcher Taiwan Walker to a two-year $20 million contract. Walker, 28-year-old, he had a breakout season last year. With the Blue Jays, he had a 2-1 record with a 137 ERA. The deal has a player option for a third year, and the Mets finally do get their pitcher. But clearly, 
Taiwan Walker is no Trevor Bauer. Anyways, that's all for today, folks. I've been your host, Vince Cohen. Thanks for listening to this episode, the longest in Promenade Sports history. And tune in next week for more exciting insights into the sports world. Get running this fall at Dunkin' with $2 medium iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious iced coffee, like their signature original blend. Or treat yourself to mocha, caramel, or the fall favorite, pumpkin. Always freshly brewed, made just the way you like it. Make time for happy hour and enjoy a $2 medium iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Washington, D.C. runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.